he supplies everything we need. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for the fathers in the house today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to raise your children. Uh, Children are a blessing from the Lord. But today as we celebrate fathers, I thank you for every man in this room that stands in that position. And Lord, that has that role to carry out. And I thank you that you are infusing each and every one of us with the inner strength so that we're ready for and equal to anything that comes our way through Christ. Father, today, cause a special blessing to pour out upon each and every one of these men. And, Lord, let them feel the love of God as it changes them from the inside out and empowers them to do the job that you've called them to do. You've equipped us to win. So, Lord, we just stand in that position. We are strong. We are not ashamed. We are not timid. And, Lord, we choose to serve you today with every fiber of our being. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. Come on, give dads one more hand. Butter. Go sit down. Okay. <laughs> I love butter. He's awesome. Isn't he awesome? Give him another hand. He... If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. Get in the book. Study the Word of God. Know the Bible. If you don't have some scripture that you're using to build your life on, you're not going to have great success. You cannot produce godly results with any other thought process other than God's. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's not a put down. That's an invitation up. So, guys, get in the book. You know, study the Word of God. Show yourself approved unto God, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. You can rightly divide the Word of truth. you got something that you're building your life on. Matter of fact, when your friends come and they're talking to you about their challenges, ask them, what's the Scripture that we're going to get in agreement on? What's the Scripture that we're agreeing on in your life today? You you don't have the right to complain about that which you're willing to permit. So if you want to change something in your life, use the Word of God. James said, receive with meekness the engrafted Word of God, which has the power to save your soul. Your soul is the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. God's Word can change the way you think. And some of us need to hurry up. Come on. Not every thought that shoots through my mind is godly. Oh, you're going to look at me with that tone of voice. Listen, not every thought, not everything that runs through your mind, it was birthed by the Holy Ghost, right? Well, you need to have the Word of God to to weigh those thoughts out, right? God's Word can change the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you make your choices. So get in the Word of God. Amen? Hold your Bible up in the air. We're going to make a confession together. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them I'm mean and I'm changing right now. Amen. God has a future for you. Amen. You know, I, you know, have you heard Jeremiah 29, 11? I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. God's plan for you is good. So God's plan for you is good. You know, uh, what is, is it Romans 12? You know, it says, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed 
By the renewing of your mind, so you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God's will for your life is good. I said God's will for your life is good. I think sometimes the enemy, he kind of plants those seeds in our mind that if we actually did what God wanted us to do, we, we probably wouldn't enjoy life. You know, we'd have to give up a lot of fun. Look at all the people I wouldn't get to hang with. And look, look at all the stuff I wouldn't get to do. You know, if I was really living for God, I, I wouldn't be able to go down there and hang out at that bar all the time and be with those people. Well, have you ever noticed that, you know, when you were in that world, that to be with those people, you had to be drunk? That's, that's just to get along with them. Or maybe it's with yourself. But God's plan for your life is good. Don't be afraid of the will of God. God's plan for your life is perfect. That means nothing missing, nothing lacking. God's plan for your life is the only thing you should be willing to accept. It's the acceptable will of God. You know, the only thing I want in my life is God's will. And, you know, most of us have experienced moments in life when we had everything but the will of God going on. And that wasn't any fun. So we know that we want God's will. Well, in order to have God's will, we've got to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 6. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, life and peace. Death isn't dead. Death is separation. Remember the prodigal son. When he was coming home, he said, my son who is dead is alive again. Well, he hadn't died. He had been separated from his father. To be carnally minded will separate you from the plan that God has for your life. To be carnally minded will separate you from the peace and the joy and the health and the, you know, the harmony that God wants to produce in our life. We've got to learn to be led by the Spirit, to be spiritually minded. You know, uh, Isaiah said, you'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. Well, the word behind you, that's not an angel on assignment that's whispering in your ears, left. That would be kind of cool, though, wouldn't it? You know, I mean, and, and, and you know, wh why is it that when we start talking about spiritual things, we kind of get a little bit ooky spooky, you know. We, you know, we, we'd kind of like that angel to come along, and every time we reach for something, he'd slap your hand. You know, you go for a donut, whack. Can't have that. Yeah, that would be great if it was his responsibility to keep me from doing what I shouldn't do. Here we go. I have dominion. I've been given authority. I've been, I've been, I've been positioned to rule and reign in this world. And the word behind me is the word that it was sown into the fertile soil of my heart in the past so that it can come up in my present so it can protect my future. And in order, in order to have the future that God has planned for me, I've got to be connected not only to God, but to God life. See, a lot of us were connected to God, yet separated from God life. We, we, we made sure that there's a new name written down in glory. But we're not living life as God has it here on earth. John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. We're talking about God life. God life. Life as God has it. Well, that don't just happen. You have to live godly. You, you, have, to, you have to make a decision. I, I'm going to live God life. Which means actually that, I, you know, it's not rules and regulations, but yet th there's, there's boundaries. There are certain things that, that, you know, places I could go if I want, but I'm not. Why? Well, because it's going to take me away from rather than towards the result that I want, which is God's will in my life. There are forces that are forming our future. 
And if we're not careful, the forces of excuses will shape our future. The forces of disappointment, the forces of hurt, the forces of me, small thinking, small-minded, you, you know, just, just all the wrong things. And in Galatians, we've been reading about it, and, and it makes this statement. It says, you know, when you were away from God, uh, when you didn't know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now, everybody say, but now. Oh, come on, say, but now. Something's different now. Something's different now. Thank God that when you connect to God, there's more to it than a T-shirt and a bumper sticker. You, you know, there, there, there's more power, more authority, more victory available. But now, now that I know God, or rather am known by God, why is it we keep going back to those weak and miserable forces? Why do we keep letting the things that we're forming our future without God Continue to form our future now that we have God. It, it, well, guys, it's because the, that Christ nature has to be formed in you. You, you know, you're, you're not born, you know, a champion. You, you, th- that champion mindset has to be formed. You have to work at it. You, you, have, to, you have to apply yourself to it. And, and, you know, we've talked about all kinds of forces that we want to deal with in our lives so that we can have the future that God has for us. And today, we're going to real quick, we're going to look at one more. And I, I want us to go to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to put it up in the Amplified Bible, verses 1 through 7. Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she became pregnant and bore Cain. And she said, I have gotten and gained a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock of the fat portions. And the Lord had respect and regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no respect or regard. So Cain was exceedingly angry, indignant. He looked sad and he acted depressed. And the Lord came to him and said, what is your issue? See, that's what it says. And if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. You know, right at the door, right at the threshold is the opportunity to make the wrong choice. You've got to master it. You must master it. You know, complacency is a force that if you allow it, it will form your future. Look at verse 3. He said, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering. In the course of time. You know, Scott touched on that just a little bit this morning when he was receiving the tithe and offering. You know, that God, God needs to be first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then all these other things will be added unto you. All the stuff that you're already worried about, God said, I'll take care of that. You need to seek me First, if you're going to get a godly result, you've got to have a God heart, a God mind. You've you got, you got to be af, going after God. And you can't go hard after God as soon as you get a little bit of free time. It's got to be the, the, the passionate desire of our heart. We need to be going after God. See, it says in verse 4, his brother, he brought the firstborn. His brother, his brother brought the firstborn, and, and he had a different mindset. God's first. Well, in the course of time, when I get around to it, after I go 
you know, pay my bills and, and you know, spend a couple weekends boating, that, you know, if, if I can't. You know, the average believer uh, attends church, I think it's 1.3 times a month, and they consider themselves committed. Now, I consider that lazy. And I know you might be here today, and i got to be careful that I don't offend you. I'm going to try hard. I'm not going to tell you at what, but I'm going to try hard. Here's the deal, is that, you know, what we want for you, we want you to have, you know, that future that God's planned for you. We, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we use the blessings of God as our excuse to neglect the will of God. You know, well, you know, it's, that's our family time. Well, see, that's what motivates me to press in and do everything I can for God. It's because I want my children to have the God life that has been offered to them through relationship with Jesus. You know, I don't want them to have a church experience. I want them to have God life. You know, well, you know, we, we, just, we just got a new house or we just bought a new boat. And I think that's great. But I don't want the blessing of God to separate me from the will of God. So, you know, the last thing I think we should do is, is grow away from God because he's been so good. I think we should grow towards God because he's been so good. And, and you know, fathers, let me just tell you something today that, that, you know, I know it's our desire. We want our children to love us. We want them, we want them to respect us. We want them to, to follow after us. But I think rather than trying to win their heart to you, it's more important that you win their heart to God. And if their heart's right with God, it's going to be right towards you. So, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. You know, get your child to grow up. Oh, doesn't that sound good? I wish my kid would grow up. No, grow up. You know, when, when, when you're training the, the you know, the, the, in, in the vineyard and you got the, the you know, the vines and, and, and you're tying them up out of the dirt. Because once they grow into the dirt, they're not going to produce any more fruit. So you tie them up. You train, it, train them to grow up. But let's, let's lead people towards God. See, our life is leading people. And not just your kids, but your coworkers and your family members and your neighbors. People are watching you, and they've, they've heard about you. You're one of those crazy believers. I hope. hope I'm in the right building. I mean, I was kind of tired when I got out of bed. I could be in the wrong place. I'm thinking that we're a bunch of radical believers. Right? And, and because of that, people are watching the way we live. And God's got to be first. He's got to be, he's got to be first in our life. If he's not first, listen, listen to what he said. He, you know, he, he, he talked to the brother. He said, man, if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. You know, I think sometimes we like to live under the mindset that God will just accept me no matter how I am. But you're going to have to talk to these brothers. Because one of them, he didn't. Here's a guy that was bringing God an offering. He wasn't acceptable. Just a thought. Really quiet in here. Well, we were kind of hoping for a Father's Day message. Well, you're getting it. <laughs> Amen. Look at your neighbor say that last part. That was really for you. Tell him. Tell him. You must master it. 
Sin crouches at the door. You do a word study. You find out that word crouch, it means it's to stretch out like a first baseman. You know, sin's not just complacent towards you. The enemy, the, you might think, well, I, I'm just not all that serious right now. Your enemy is. Your enemy's doing everything he can to separate you from the plan of God. Your enemy's using the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. He, 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 he's, he, he's baiting you, and he's trying to get you to slip and fall and just to keep you separated from God. But God has given you everything you need to live a life that pleases God. God, God has empowered you with the strength and the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. When you get out of bed in the morning, you actually have the power to humiliate hell all day long. And you ought to take advantage of that and realize that, you know what, God wouldn't ask me to do something that he hadn't equipped me to succeed at. And if I'm supposed to master it, that means operate in my dominion. I have the ability to take dominion control of my life and my future. See, you and I, often all we think about is the past. And God, when he looks at you, he don't even recognize the past. I know you've done some stupid things. You've made some wrong choices. You've said some hurtful things. But the reality is, is that God has a future. And all you need to do is learn how to place a period so that the past can end and the future can begin. God's not mad at us. He's calling us to a different lifestyle altogether. He said, come on, get over that. And some of us, we've had things done to us and things said about us, and we've been stabbed and wounded and hurt. Well, you're going to have to move on. To get the future that God has for you, you can't allow the person who abused you to be on the throne of your life forever. It's time to take them down off of that throne and let God have that place. See, when you get out of bed in the morning and the first thought on your mind is, oh, God, I hope I don't see them today because they hurt me. Well, they're on the throne of your life, and you're actually seeking them first. We've got to deal with it so that we can be free for the future that God has for us. And your love must be bigger than their betrayal. I love Third John. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we could be called the children of God. Look at the love. Well, you, you will never understand the manner of love until you understand the condition of us. And mankind had turned their back on God. They were separated from God. They were alienated from God. They had betrayed God. So his love had to be bigger than their betrayal. And you've been hurt, and you've been wounded, and you've been disappointed, and you could come up with a lot of excuses. You have a lot of disappointments. There's a lot of justifications to allow those forces in your life. But if you will grow a love that is bigger than that betrayal, you can have the future that God has planned for you. What can separate me from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor width or breath, or any other preacher, I mean creature. Nothing, nothing can separate me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. That song that we sang this morning, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Well, man, I tell you what, if you get a revelation of God's love for you, you're going to have to backslide to go to bed tonight. You're going to be so excited. You're going to realize that, you know what, God's planned a future for me. When God starts planning, he don't plan small. He, he, he thought it out. He's got a plan. I mean, when he planned the universe, boom, it was huge. Now, now, now the Lord has been mindful of you, and he's going to bless you, and he's going to increase you more and more, you and your children. 
His, his plan is going way beyond just you. And God's plan for your life, nothing can stop it if you're willing to engage in it. Look at Revelations chapter 3. Start at verse 14. To the angel and messenger of the assembly in Laodicea, right? These are the words of the amen, the trusty and faithful, the true witness, the origin and beginning and author of God's creation. He said, I know your record of works and what you're doing. You're not cold or hot. I would that you were cold or hot because you're lukewarm and not cold or hot. I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich and I have prospered and I have grown wealthy and I am in need of nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you're wretched and pitiable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to purchase for me gold refined and tested by fire that you can be truly wealthy and white clothes to clothe you and to keep you and keep the shame of your nudity from being seen. Solved to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I tell them their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and your attitude. Behold, I'm standing at the door and knock. And if any man opens that door, I'll come in and sup with him. God said, you know what, I'm calling you to a different lifestyle. He said, you know, here's the deal, is that you're not hot or cold. It's really kind of interesting to understand this city. This city had incredible wealth. They had great minds, and, and, and they were very industrious, and they, they were creating all kinds of things. But there were other cities that, that surrounded them. One of them had hot springs, and people would come from all over uh, you know, to go to the hot springs, and they felt like if they, if they got in their hot springs, they would be healed. In another city, they had wells that had springs of water, and the water was so cold and so refreshing in that summer heat. And people would travel there, and, and they would go there, you know, They'd vacation there. That's where they'd head. So the Laodiceans got an idea. They built cisterns and they and they they, they they built systems and they shipped that water into their city. Problem is, is that by the time the water from the hot springs got to town, it was lukewarm. And the problem with the cold waters, by the time they got it to Laodicea, it wasn't ice cold anymore. And God comes to him and he says, you know what? You think you're so good. You think you're all that. You've come up with a plan to bring into your life everything that you're lacking. But by the time you get it, it ain't any good. Ain't nobody getting up next to you to get healing. Ain't nobody getting totally refreshed when they hang out with you. You're not hot. You're not cold. Your water's lukewarm. And it makes me sick to think that you think you're okay. You, you got your house and you got your boat and you got your, your, you know, your sawtooth the grill. <laughs> Which if you don't have one of those, they're on sale today for how much? Okay, okay. You know, you got all your stuff. But where's your passionate desire for the God who's given you all this? Where's that heart that gets up in the morning and says, yes, for me and my house? You know, if it, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose some God. Do it today. That's for me and my house. We're serving God. Whether we get to keep the, you know, the boat or not, we're still serving God. We're, our heart's going after God. I want to give you three D's this morning that'll, that'll help you just annihilate the complacency in your life. Okay? We, can't do, we can't be complacent. Number one, discipline. Discipline. Look at your neighbor and say, this is really for you. <laughs> 
You know, I don't know what your plan is, what you want to do. If, 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 if you're going to lose 20 pounds, you're going to have to have some discipline. If you're going to grow bigger muscles, you're going to have to have some discipline. If you're going to save more money, you're going to have to have some discipline. You're going to have to control yourself. Discipline. It is the regiment that you apply to your life. You know, I mentioned it earlier, but there's just some places I'm just not going. There's actually some people I'm just not hanging with. They're good people. They even love God. But they're not in pursuit of the same things I am. I'm going where God's called me. Hello? It's going to take some discipline. I said it's going to take some discipline. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to decide that God's plan for your future is worth whatever pain this is required. Now, i got to tell you something, man. You ever break discipline, you pay. You, you'll just pay. You know, it come up with all kinds of excuses and disappointments and all of those other things. But complacency will kill you. You know, this, this running thing has really helped my life. I'm 65 pounds lighter than I used to be. All from running. But there are days, oh, don't clap because it sucks. <laughs> you know, let's go running. I don't want to. And the whole time I'm running, I don't want to. And I can think of a hundred reasons why I shouldn't. I'm too big to run. I should get a bicycle and coast down a hill somewhere. You know, I like that better. You know, and, and, and when, when I break my regimen. I don't know why I do it. Well, yeah, I do. But I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that this morning. There's not enough time. But when I break my regimen, I pay. Because in the back of my mind, I'm going, you know what? You ain't done yet. So out we go. And it's murder. And sometimes I can look at you. And I can see you going through the challenges of life. And I realize, oh, you broke your regimen. You're not in the Word every day. That's why you're sucking wind. You're not praying. You're not praying. You're coming to me and you're telling me I need help in the areas that you need help in. Well, if you'd take the, if you'd just take the last six weeks' messages and listen to them, read them, repeat them, read them, repeat them, you'd have victory. But you're not praying. You're not reading your Bible. You're not seeking God. You've broke your regimen. You're going to live in victory? I'm going to tell you something. To live in victory is not to have a life that is free of battle. Because victory without warfare is fantasy. You're going to have opposition. And if you don't walk in discipline, you can't have the future God has planned for you. Second D is decisions. You have to make some tough decisions. And if you don't have the discipline to do it, you'll never do it right. You'll never make the right decisions without discipline. But the decisions that God wants you to make, you, you know, choose you this day who, whom you're going to serve. Deuteronomy 32:18, I think it is. He says, I've set in front of you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. You're going to have to make some life choices. You, I said you're going to have to make some life choices. There are, there are decisions coming your way that are not going to be easy. But you have strength for all things. 
You are ready for and equal to anything that comes your way through Christ who will infuse you with an inner strength. God will give you the ability and the strength to make the right choices. But you don't, you don't get to just live stupid and get a godly result. Yeah, but you don't understand. I'm married to the devil. It doesn't even matter. If you'll allow God to work in you, if you'll allow God to change you from the inside out, trust me, if God can work in you, he can work in your spouse. He, he, can, he, he can do his job in, in your kids and in your boss and in your employees and in the government. God can handle that. You've got to handle you. You've got to make great life decisions. The third D is determination. You have to be determined that you will not cave in, give up, and quit. That no matter what comes against us, we will not back down. Going all the way. You know, Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. You know, well, if God's got a plan, then he can just make it happen. That's just stupid thinking. Because his plan involves your participation. His plan has, has positioned you to, to operate in authority and in and, 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 and dominion. And you, ha- you have to just say, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm not going to back off just because some voice starts speaking telling me I can't do it. The voices who are shouting it can't be done ought not interrupt the people who are getting it done. But it takes determination. It, it, it takes a backbone. It takes some strength, some intestinal fortitude, guts. You know, it just takes some courage to do what's right in a society that it seems hell-bent on doing anything but that. But you can do it. And you know what? To, to raise a family the way that God says to do it, it's going to take people of courage. Fathers, today, as we close, I just want to say this to you, uh, that it's going to take discipline as a father to lead your house the way God would have you do it. It's going to mean that you're going to make decisions you don't want to make, but you're going to do it because you know that's what God would have you do. And it's going to take insane determination because there's going to be days when it looks like all of your parenting skills have produced nothing but pain, mostly for you. Just stay determined. Stay determined. Stay determined. Just keep making life choices. When you make mistakes, admit it, place a period, and let's go. Hello? And just lead them to God. Let, let, your, life, let your life cause people who follow you to have a collision with God. But if you, if, if, if you think that you're just going to sit here and wait for something to appear in the Spirit, you know, I'm glad that we're led by the Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. Being led by the Spirit is not sitting around expecting God to do your part. But it's being willing to follow His lead. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you. Father, today we thank You. We thank You for the life You've given us and the the peace that we have and in Your presence and the fact that You participate in our life, that You said that You're at the door of our life. The threshold of God's participation is where You've brought us to. And if we'll open that door, if we'll respond to Your voice, 
that you're come and participate in our life. Thank you, Father, that today we, we, we have made a decision to open the door. We're going to allow your participation in our world. Life is going to be God life. So, Lord, we just thank you. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask a question. In just a moment, every one of us, we're all going to pray together. But if you're here today and you're separated from God, we don't want you to leave in that condition. Man, it's just it's so awesome, the love that God offers us in the relationship with his son, Jesus. And if you're here today and you're separated from that life, you don't have a real relationship with a relevant living God. This is your prayer. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you. We won't call you out. But what I want you to do, if you're here and you say, you know what, Tom, that's me. Uh, Pastor, I, w- I want to make this my prayer today. What I'm going to ask you to do is while no one's looking around, just hold your hand up so I can see it. That's me. I'm coming after God life today. I want to receive relationship with Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. You can put it down. Somebody else, just, just join these who have raised their hands. Yeah, that's me. I, I, I want the relationship with God. Thank you, bro. I, I want a real deal with God. No more games. I don't want to be complacent. I, I, I'm, I'm willing today to make a life decision to give my life to God and to receive the life he offers in return. Anybody else? Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. You can put them down. I want everybody in the room to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me hope. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me and setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The Bible says that when one repents, all heaven rejoices. Let's stand together today and, re- and just rejoice with heaven. Come on, somebody. Lift it up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just, just a couple things before we go. Listen, if you raised your hand today, what's my next step? We'd love to give you just uh, you know, some information. Two minutes of your life could change everything. If you go through the door on your right into the family room, prayer team there, they've got information for you. You don't have to join the church. We hope you do. We'd love to walk together. But, you, don't, you know, that's not the next step. What do I do? Where do I go from here? This is the first step in, in a lifelong journey. Don't try to live this thing alone. If you need agreement and prayer for any other thing, Prayer team's ready for you, okay? Just take a couple minutes, go to the family room, just pray. Uh, Also, want to remind you, free market. Uh, Be praying, ask God, what do you want me to give? We're going to fill the parking lot with good stuff, all of our stuff. And we're going to give it to people, no strings attached. Amen? And, and you know what? We're just going to, we just want to live to give. We want to be a blessing. And we, we just want to give, and we're, we're going to invite the most needy of our community first, and they'll have first pick, and then, then we'll just open the gates and let our stuff go. Amen? So be praying. Participate in that. And also, you know, first strike, uh, we're going to go to Portland. I don't know if you, if you remember the video, but we're going to Portland, and we're going to minister to the, to the homeless there. And uh, we, we want everybody to just participate in, in all of the stuff that we're doing and all the outreach that you can. Get involved and, and let your life make a difference. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them I'm living Zoe style. Happy Father's Day. Guys, we love you.
Go love on your, your dad. <laughs>